coming up on today's show. It's week nine in the NFL, and I'm no cucumber scientist, but there sure are some teams in a pickle. We're 10 days away from the Tomahawk Live celebration of our 100th episode. Tickets are flying off the shelves and guests are rolling in by the day. One-legged ducks, quarterbacks named Allen, and 911 prank phone calls. All of this and much, much more coming up on another Academy Award-winning episode of the Tomahawk Show. Yo, it's Austin from Canton. We got Nick Chubb. Why don't we run? The ball with Nick Chubb in the red zone. Gah! I am Jerry from Youngstown. I don't know why I watch the Browns every week. I hate them more than anything. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next week on Sunday. I'm not even sure what day they play, but I'm not watching them. Just kidding. Yeah, I am. Go Browns. Mike here from Phoenix, Arizona. And today is my 37th birthday. And I have some fascinating Browns facts since the day I was born. The Browns have played in 545 games. They've won 203. They've lost 342. You want to know that winning percentage is? 37. <laughs> We've had the drive, the fumble, and the move since I was born. And then since 99, you've been consistently bad. I kind of think this is my fault. And guess what? We've had 37 first-round picks since 1982. This is my fault. But the question is, how do I break this curse? Yeah, this is Vince Kanata from Aurora, Ohio. This is how confident I was that the Browns were going to win today. I already had my clothes picked out for tomorrow for Victory Monday. And I had to go back out to my car and uh, replace my Browns polo with a Cavs polo. Uh, at least I got my tickets to the uh, Tomahawk Live podcast. See you on November 13th. Hey, Joe and Hogg. This is Kevin, Browns fan in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Went out for a nice, innocent Sunday fun day today. Then the Browns game started. Now I'm drunk and I'm going to be hungover as hell for work tomorrow. Go, Joe Hawk yourself. <laughs> I was close, Kevin. We almost, uh, we almost <laughs> nailed it, bud. All right, get better. Listen, everybody, welcome uh. to the Tomahawk Show. All right, that's not a good feeling that I'm hearing in the voicemail for the Browns fans that thought that the Broncos game would get them going. But before we get to that, I am your humble co-host, Andrew Hawkins, joined as always by Joe Thomas, who is sitting in the nicest farm I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not insinuating farms aren't nice, but I'm talking about the guy has granite chairs he's sitting on. Marble floor, a chandelier, the size of an arena scoreboard. I mean, Joe, how are you doing today? Awesome. I can see, but. Uh, You know, it's beginning to be difficult to put on a smiling face on these Sunday night episodes uh, and just act like the Browns didn't exist and they didn't happen today because I hear those voicemails and I hear the voice of pain. And it's the same pain that I hear in my own voice. Like, <laughs> why do I do this to myself? I picked the Browns this week to be the surprise team that comes back that's not leading their division to come back and win their division and make the playoffs. And then they go out and they lose to the Brandon Allen Denver Broncos. <laughs> Brandon Allen hasn't taken a football snap in, I don't know, three years? Oh, and he man. wins against you, you got to laugh to keep from crying. And here's the thing, Joe. The Browns are going to start affecting our livelihood because last week I picked them against the Patriots, which is an idiot thing to do. I knew it was an idiot <laughs> thing to do back then, right? But I'm letting my heart do the talking, and I'm getting tweets weekly like, you're an idiot. And they're right. I am an idiot. Um, before we get there, I'm a fun fact about myself – uh, my mom worked at a power plant when I was a kid. She worked at the electrical company. Me and my brother went for Take Your Kid to Work Day, okay? They're showing us the power plant. Now, this is where electrical wires are. You know, people are like, this is dangerous stuff. We're kids. So when we were young, we used to do this thing. My brother would, where he would dial 911 and hang up the phone before it ever rung, right? It's a dangerous game to play, but I don't know. Maybe he was in the thrills. He decided to do it when we were on the field trip to take your mom to, at a power plant. So you can imagine... Uh, the reaction when someone said someone called 911 from a power plant they get all the kids there's like 20 of us gathered around they're like who did it we're not leaving until they do it I'm the little brother right and I'm like yo bro I like whisper over like yo don't say anything like make them make them find us right and I say us because now I'm in it with you because I'm with you I'm like yo if I were you I would just let it let it ride so because I'm the one who told him not to admit to it he's like I'm not listening to my little brother shut up 
It was me. Oh, man. That was all hell broke loose for that guy. <laughs> and we will leave it at that. All Did right. you stick by his side? Oh, absolutely I want to know not. what type of loyalty I'm working with no, here. No, 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 no. Once you so you're going to leave me at the first sign of trouble. Once you win against my very sound advice, you were on your own. All right? Now, so, here we are 30 years later, and it's probably his biggest regret is not listening to his little brother's advice. So you're, you're saying that our uh, mortality pact of picking the Browns to keep winning and making the playoffs against all odds <laughs> on the NFL Network is going to cause us to go down a very, very deep, dark cycle of pain. Absolutely. And you're going to leave me as and I you're continue be to pick on your them. own because I'm not going to lose be my two job. And 11 and I'm going to be like, oh, I really think they're still going to make the playoffs and you're, you're out of there. All right. So listen, follow us on social media at Tomahawk Show on Reddit, Twitter, Instagram. Join the Facebook group, Tomahawk. Call our voicemail line. As you can hear, huge part of our show, 440-628-1376. Also, November 13th, Joe, it is inching toward us man we have our live show to celebrate our 100th episode in the place where it all started cleveland ohio house of blues doors open at 7 p.m joe so many people are in the building we're going to announce guests the ve- the next show which is our wednesday episode i don't know the, ep- the, the date for the wednesday episode but the next tomahawk episode you hear we will announce the all-star lineup that we have for tomahawk and friends live in cleveland ohio on november 13th so make sure you go get your tickets Head to our Twitter page, uh, Tomahawk Show. Hit the Ticketmaster link. Get your tickets. Uh, I think the VIP might be all out. But there's other tickets. General admission. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. We're going to have a really good time. Couldn't be more excited about it, Joe. Uh, what else you got, Joe? Well, the guest list is getting full for November 13th. I know we've been on the horn calling our buddies in the NFL, some yep. of the guys we used to play with, guys that are still in the NFL. And uh, we actually got to the point this week where we said, uh-oh, we're having too many yeses. Yeah. We're, we better back off a little bit because we're only planning on doing 90 minutes. Right. But if we have all these people that we ha- had on our wish list, we're going to have a two-and-a-half-hour podcast, which wouldn't <laughs> be that bad of a deal, except I think by the end of two-and-a-half hours of Tomahawk Drinking Live, I will be throwing up and you'll be carrying me out of there over your shoulder. Exactly. Just the way we did all those years <laughs> together in Cleveland after the uh, many wins that we had. You're going to be carrying me on your shoulders. Absolutely. Joe, do you ever go back and watch the uh, the post-game speech in the locker room after we beat the Chargers the year we we evaded the six, the oh, oh man, you know we had we had so many wins that year. It's hard for me to. Do you remember know exactly which win, which win I'm talking about in twenty. Yeah, hard to remember, but I think that was the one I I was crying in uh, Hugh <laughs> we Jackson's were, shoulder. Do you laugh at yourself now? Because I laugh at myself a little bit because I yeah. was so happy. I'm like, I was so happy. That was the happiest I've ever been after winning a football game. Yeah, people <laughs> ask me what my biggest win in my career was. That was it. We finished the season yep. one and fifteen, and I didn't even. You know, it wasn't like beating Owen 16 was all that important. Like being Owen 16 and being in the record books, that sucks. But to me, it wasn't like devastating because it's been hap- It's happened before. It's right. going to happen again. Yep. And it was this just year, the probably. fact that you work so hard and you put so much into every single game to try to get a win. And you go so long without that taste of victory to finally get it. It's like the floodgates opened. Look where we are. So that's, that was the emotion. And Look. now we're, we're on top. Look at Number us. one podcast in recorded <laughs> Look history. at us. Who this knew we'd amazing. get here? Not me. Who knew we would be on the top <laughs> just <laughs> a right. few short years after 1-15? in 15. Listen, we're, we're already talking about wins from 2016. That's the state of the Browns uh, the, the Browns team <laughs> we are right now. Those voicemail lines, that's starting to sound like an addiction hotline. I know. Like, man. Everyone's like says their name, where they're from, why they still cheer for the Browns, and why they're going to try to break their addiction. <laughs> it truly is that's what therapy, I feel like. which is a perfect segue into Dog Check. You guys want to hear the sad dog check or the happy dog check? I think I'll leave it up to you guys. Yeah, let's go sad happy dog. You want to go sad? I want to go sad. All right, go sad. sad as hell. Give a sad dog check. Dog check! Oh, goodness. We've played that, what, seven times now? Six times? We deserve it. We Two do deserve six. it. All right, so if you've been living under a rock, drink. Uh, the Browns lost to the Denver Broncos. Here's why this is important the Browns were not supposed to lose to the Denver Broncos because everything we've been saying is they had too tough of a schedule early on. That's what it was. They were helping to find chemistry. This is the game they should win. No Joe Flacco. They're playing against a guy who has never played in the NFL. He's not even top two Allen quarterbacks in the league because there's still (laughs) Josh Allen and Kyle Allen. He's the third best quarterback with the last name Allen in the NFL. And yet the Browns took an L 24 to 19 Ah, Joe, wait, what's going on, man? Where, what do we, where do we even start with this? Bro? Yeah, unfortunately, it's just the same theme 
over and over again. It's Groundhog's Day every time I watch the Browns. It's lack of execution in the red zone. It's missed opportunities. It's penalties. It's bad coaching decisions at crucial moments. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that happen when you have a young team and you have a team that hasn't focused on the details. Now, how much you put into each uh, cup, I'm not sure. Right. You know, how much is, yeah, they're young, this is going to happen versus how much, yeah, they're not paying attention to the details, whether that be from the player standpoint or what the coaches are coaching. But, you know, to me, those are the two big themes that we're seeing over and over again. And they talked about, we're going to fix it coming out of the bye week. Yep. They didn't fix it. Now this is the get right game, right? The Broncos, they stink. They just lost Joe Flacco for the year. We're playing against a quarterback that has never played in the NFL. This is the get-right game. Like if, if there was ever a moment where it's time to get on track and go on a little run here, it was this. And then to start really slow the way they did on offense and have to settle for field goals and then critical moments once again, fourth downs, not mm-hmm. converting, bad challenges, wasted timeouts, penalties. Yep. All those things are just reoccurring themes. And I don't know how you get out of your own way enough to be able to win to try to salvage the season at this point. You can't. See, it's funny because we were talking about that 2016 win. And you know why it was such a big deal? It's because we sucked. Right? And we knew we sucked. We knew we sucked from day one when we got rid of all our good players. We knew we couldn't do it late in games when we had rookies who didn't know how to make big plays when you needed them. We had nobody making that amount of money, right? Like we didn't have someone on the team that says, hey, we need a crucial play. Go to this guy because that's what they're here for. We didn't have that. So it was a big deal for us to win. Look at this team now. They're 2-6, and six, the Browns in, 20, in 2019, and they have all the talent in the world, right? And you can say what you want about the offensive line. There's more than enough time there. I don't care. They're, they're not the worst O-line in football, not by a long shot. They're playing actually decent. Right. And so when you look at the team now and you see how talented they are and the results don't look that much different than when the team was terrible, that is a problem, which is why, again, from the beginning, all the bravado, all the shit talking, all of that, like, yo, you're what, what, nobody invented shit talking. That's been around since the beginning of time. But there's a reason why everybody doesn't participate on it every chance they get, whether they're not getting into it with, you know, media members or saying like all this stuff, because eventually your time is going to come where it's going to be tough on you, right? And then here you are, and people are going to not turn on you, but when you're not playing well, they're going to tell you about it. And then you can't be quiet all of a sudden then. That's the reason why in situations, even with the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who I'm a, I'm a fan of, I think he is a, an incredible player. I think he will be an incredible quarterback. I think he's still maturing. But now you're in a situation where because you've put yourself out there, in the in, in the public, right, of who you are, and it's fine. Be yourself. I'm I'm okay with anybody who is being true to themselves, but now you're pressing. And what I'm seeing now is a whole football team that is pressing, right? Because you're you're in a game you're supposed to win. So the pressure isn't on the Broncos. No, that was this that was that guy's first game. It didn't he could have came out there and threw four interceptions and nobody would have cared. We would have said, yeah, that's what we expect from a guy playing in his first game. All the pressure is on the Browns because it's something we put on ourselves. Um and that's my biggest issue with the team is that like, yo, now Things are affecting the game that shouldn't be affecting the game within the lines, right? Like, you know, we're second-guessing ourselves a little bit too much. We're trying to outthink ourselves because you start pressing. I've seen this before, man. We've, we've been in enough Browns locker rooms, and we've seen enough things go bad with these seasons to be like, oh, yeah, I know what this looks like, right? And I think that game was it, especially, again, since this is a, a game that everybody felt like we should have won, and we should have because we were the more talented team. I don't want to belabor the Browns game forever because it is painful just to think about um i think belabor that's one of the things you have to drink yeah, right that's, that's the tomahawk word. drinking yep. so, so definitely drink yep, after that absolutely moment. if if you're even still sitting up on your bar stool after what happened today drink again <laughs> but i'm going to give you my most disappointing thing from the browns game today and then i want to hear yours okay my most disappointing thing <clears throat> is the fact that this group and I'm going to call them a group because that's Freddie Kitchens' word for this team mm-hmm. because they haven't been playing as a team. They've been playing as a group, and Freddie wanted to see them play as a team. Yep. This group was supposed to be a bunch of underdogs that played with the chip on their shoulder. Freddie, Baker, OBJ, Jarvis. This group, and I'm going to call them a group because that's what they're playing like right now, and it's straight from Freddie Kitchens' mouth. They're not playing like a team. This group of guys, Freddie, Baker, Jarvis, Odell, this whole group, all of them, the whole team, Mm -hmm. told us all offseason how they're 
best when they're the underdog, when they have the chip on their shoulder, when their back's against the wall, when it's us versus the world. That's when they're going to rise up and thrive the most. That's been Baker's career, yeah. and, and we've seen it up until this moment. But then all of a sudden, they're telling us all about it this year, and then we're going into uh, the bye week, and we hear all about it again. Like, oh, our backs are against the wall. We're going to come out of this. We are going to beat the Patriots. We even almost heard a guarantee from Jarvis. Okay, that didn't happen. But okay, now we're going to get right versus the Broncos. Our backs are against the wall. All the pressure is on us. We have got to win this game. This is when you're going to see the best part of the Browns. They're going to score 40 points. They're going to shut out the hapless Broncos with a quarterback that's never played before. And what happens? It's more of the same. Mm. And so I start wondering how many times do I feel like this is going to be the game where they turn it around and they go on a run? Before I start feeling like I'm the idiot. Right. I'm the idiot that doesn't see the reality of this team right now as just a bunch of guys doing random stuff and not being able to play together and steer their ship in the right direction and cut down on mental mistakes, play well when it's a crucial moment in the game, don't do dumb penalties, stop doing dumb things top to bottom, and it just keeps happening. And I don't know why I can't see it and just say, you know what, this is just not a very good team right now. They're not. They're too young. Yep. They're too inexperienced. They haven't played together. They don't have enough consistency across the board. And until they figure that out, they're not going to be any better. And I don't know how they figure it out because they keep telling us they're going to figure it out, and they don't do it. Yep. Jarvis didn't guarantee a win versus New England, so I got to correct that because I think that he was misquoted. Right. He, he said we're going there to win. He's going. We're, you know, we're going up there to win. Right. That's. I, I would oh, no, hope we're going to we're going up there and we're going to win the game or something like that. Now, it, but either way, whatever social was. media like to jump on it. Yep. It really wasn't what he was trying to get to, but it was effectually, I'm sure it made it into the Patriots locker room as oh, absolutely. Bill Belichick standing up there going, oh, well, Jarvis Landry thinks you guys suck because he said he's exactly. we're going to New England to win. Right, and, and that's the problem that you have, like, when again, when you're playing to the media, we're looking for these, these headlines for them all the time, so people are just running with anything that they say and misconstruing the words. But Jarvis actually played well today. Odell played well. My biggest, like, thumbs down of the game was the fourth down play. Um, where they didn't go to OBJ because he he was rolling, he had momentum going. You could tell by the route that he was running, and maybe it's the biased receiver in me. I can tell by the way he was coming off the ball. He thought he was getting the rock. It was fourth and four. They needed a play. If they throw it to him in that play, it's six. Now I don't know if the play call uh, would allow for him to, to Baker to throw it to him. I don't know if it's a Freddie Kitchens thing. I don't know if Baker seen something. I'm not a quarterback. I'm not going to act like I know what I'm seeing. I'm going to trust Baker there. But my thing is this: you bring OBJ in. Uh, for the amount of money we're paying them, for the amount of, uh, you know, what you gave up, you gave up a really good O-line, which, again, is a problem, right? We gave up Zeitler in the middle. Um, but whatever. OBJ is here for a reason. In that situation, go to him. Fourth and four, one-on-one, I, I just don't get how that's not – whatever the play call is, that's not the check, right? And, and put it on him. I'm okay with if he doesn't make that play, then we could talk about how, okay, he's not making that play because that's that's what the Falcons are going to do, right? Like – that's what the, the Packers are going to do. That's what the Saints are going to do. They're going to Michael Thomas. That's, that's my thing. And I'm not against going to Jarvis. Even Jarvis was open. But the time, but the time we got back to him, it was too late in the defense conversion on the ball. So I'm okay with going to whoever. Just go to him now. Like Make, make that the decision. And then the Reds don't give it to Nick Chubb. That's, and that's it. That's the only two things I'm going to say. You were only allowed one disappointment of the game, and you gave me two. I know. Another epic fail by Andrew Hawkins. You're, you're playing like the Browns tonight Story right now. Story of my life, man. More, more epic failure. You know, when I think about the Browns, I think about that great George Bush, George W. Bush quote, remember? The, <laughs> fool me once. Fool me once. Shame on. Shame me? On. You? Wait. Fool, fool me twice. You fool me twice. Shame on. Well, you don't get fooled again. Yeah, you the, fool the one I'm again. trying to say is you don't, fool, you don't get fooled again. And I feel like I'm getting fooled again yeah. by the Browns. Well. And it, it's making me sad because you and I, we go on TV every week. Yeah. We, you know, Honestly. it's in our contract. We gotta, we're gonna, they're going to roll us out there. We're the Browns guys. Exactly. And we're going to sit out there. And in my head, I want to defend them. Like we I want to be optimistic. We halfway have national media jobs because we're the Browns guys. Yeah. Like we, and we're, we're on the there Browns guys. picking the Browns, looking like idiots every week. <laughs> and everyone's like, yo, who the heck are these two yahoos? Yeah. But, you know, I'm doing the same thing that I did when I was a player there. Like, I'm convincing myself of the reasons why the Browns are going to be good. But this was the one year out of all the years <sighs> that I've been doing that that I was like, 
We really are going to be good. I don't have to convince myself. There are good players everywhere. Other people were saying it, it for together. the first time ever. Other people were also saying yeah, the Browns. There was good. other people finally agreeing that the Browns had a chance, especially with the weakness in the AFC North, and we couldn't get it done. And if for anybody listening, we're, we're recording this podcast in the middle of the Sunday night football game, so we don't know exactly how it ends up. Right now it is 17-7, and Lamar Jackson is running all over the Patriots and actually doing really, oh, really well. More bad takes so, by me. Uh, yeah, this is Joe's, Joe is definitely going to lose his job. We should probably put a You're, pin in the catchphrase game because now he's going to be he's joking around on air. He's picking the Browns every week, and he's, and he's picking against Lamar Jackson. The guy's going to be homeless, um, even if he does have a multi-million dollar square foot farm. All right, so that does it for the, the dog check. Needless to say, we're not in a good spot. All right, let's head on to Am I Tripping? Tripping, tripping. Mm-mm. Sounds so soulful, don't you agree, Joe? I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. I used to like that intro, but I'm just sour about everything right now. <laughs> now it sounds like the blues. It used to be smooth. He's like, now turn it's... that shit off. <laughs> all right, like John, the, the producer, the give us give us our first Am I Tripping? The Colts were one missed kick away from beating Pittsburgh in the battle of the backups. Hashtag laces out. Indy fears a serious injury for Jacoby Brissett, but Am I Tripping or... Can the Colts make a legit playoff run with your boy, Brian Hoyer? Yes. I think that you're not tripping. No, you're not tripping. Because, yes, I think the Colts can make a legit playoff run because their team is really good. And the thing about Jacoby Brissett is, yes, he's played well, but they were finally in a space with the Indianapolis Colts where they had the pieces around the quarterback, which is why it was such a disappointment that Andrew Luck retired when he did. But Jacoby has stepped in nicely. Even Hoyer came in today and threw three touchdown passes. He had a bad turnover that he picked six um, in the red zone which hopefully he can get corrected, but he looked solid in making making the right decision. So I, I think the O-line is good enough, the defense is solid, the running game is amazing, and it's enough there for him to make a run, especially in the division he's in. Yeah, we've seen Hoyer take a team to the playoffs when he was with the Texans, and I think as long as he can avoid those major, like, oh crap, almost Ryan Fitzpatrick type games or moments in games mm -hmm. because he's kind of a gunslinger. Like when we played with him, he's going to get back there. He's going to put his foot in the ground and he's going to trust his eyes and he's going to let it rip. And that works a lot of times really well. But there's times in games when he'll go on like really bad stretches like he did, I think, in the playoffs with the Texans where he threw like three picks yeah. really quickly. And he, if he can learn to avoid those, he's got enough pieces around them. They've got a really good defense. He's a really good quarterback at times. He's got a very good offensive line, good run game, good weapons. And I think as long as he plays within the confines of Frank Reich's offense and he doesn't try to do too much, and if things do start getting a little bit sideways, maybe the play caller can kind of help him a little bit with dialing it back and maybe doing a few things with run game, play action, maybe like one route read type stuff where he gets an opportunity to kind of settle down and he doesn't go haywire like we've seen a few times in the past. Yep. And you got to show love for a Cleveland quarterback. Cleveland native, actually. Cleveland native. Which leads us to our next point. John? The Bears offense looked putrid again this week. <laughs> People will blame Mitchell Trubisky, but I think Matt Nagy shoulders a lot of the blame. Am I tripping, or is it going to take more than a QB change to fix the 3-5 and five Chicago Bears? Another Cleveland native, Mitch Trubisky, is having a tough year. Um, we saw some good things from him last year, though, and so I'm wondering, like, what was Matt Nagy doing last year to help build confidence, to give easy completions, help him with some of his route progressions and the things he's trying to do within the game that are easy, that he feels confident in? And what is he doing this year that he looks totally lost and totally a lack of confidence in everything that he's trying to do offensively to the point where they can barely gain a first down in the first half of an NFL football game. I feel like if you gave me an entire half of football, I have a horrible arm, but I could probably complete three or four passes. Ooh. Give me a couple easy completions, a couple tunnel <laughs> wow. screens, maybe a back shoulder throw where I could throw it up to some tall guy. <laughs> I could probably throw for 30 to 40 yards in the first half. Yeah. And I'm wondering, it's not like, the Bears were playing their own defense from 1985. Like, why are they so bad right now? So my thing. So as a player, my best seasons were when I didn't give a shit, right? And some of the best players in the league are guys who don't care. They're just out there playing. Mitch looks like he's playing scared to mess up. 
So I remember my first year in the league, which I kind of stormed on and was able to basically ride that for six years, was because I was so happy that I made it there. I didn't care about the like. I'm like, I don't care if they cut me tomorrow. I'm here. This was my goal. I made it. Like if they cut me tomorrow, I had to catch my first game. I'm already in the stat book. I played in the NFL. So I was on house money for for quite a while. And then I'm like, oh, I can get another contract. And then once I got a good contract in Cleveland, the pressure started coming a little more like, oh, I got to live up to this contract. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And then you start to play scared to make a mistake, right? Which is why I had to get out of New England because I'm like, I know I'm going to fuck up here. This is not the place <laughs> for me. I, I don't want to be the guy who ruined Tom Brady's legacy by dropping a third down pass in the snow in New England to go to the playoffs. Nah, nah I'm good. I ride the Browns wave into the into broadcasting. All right. So anyway, Mitch Trubisky is playing not to mess up. And even late in that game, he finally started taking shots. And then the defense even started playing better because now a defense who was super talented felt like they had a chance because Mitch was like, oh, man, I'm down now. I have nothing to lose. Mitch has to play like he has nothing to lose. If he does not do that, then it's only going to be a matter of time for they make a quarterback switch because their defense is too talented. And when you have a talented defense, the window is too small for your uh, chance to win a Super Bowl, let alone get in the playoffs. Because the defense is only as good, basically, as your weakest link. Yep. And that link is not necessarily one person, but it's sort of like a, a group. So if your linebackers stink or your defensive line stinks or your secondary stinks, you're only as good as any one of those groups, um, as, as the, the weakest part of any one of those groups. And on defense, you have to pay guys a lot of money, just like almost every position in the NFL. But it's so much harder to keep those guys together because as soon as you have a big pass rusher, he's going to go and get paid and be the highest paid pass rusher in the NFL. Right. Now you just lost your best defensive lineman. Now your defensive line is bad. Same thing for all those positions, linebacker, secondary. Where on offense, once you get the quarterback, then you can put role player pieces around them, a la Tom Brady. Yep. And you can get some good players, but you don't have to break the bank with guys. And then you have continuity. And as long as you have that quarterback, you can have sustained success for a long time on offense, Back. which is the the Tom Brady, the uh, Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Brees. Like those models, they work long-term success. Defense, you have a two- or three-year window, and then those guys are going to leave. Look what happened in Seattle with the Legion of Boom, right? You have two or three amazing years, and then all of a sudden the guys are getting old because you get older on defense quicker than I think on offense. Like Once you're eight, nine years in the NFL on defense, like you're starting to slow down, and a lot of times you're not playing at that elite level anymore and otherwise guys are hitting free agency and then they're going to go get big money elsewhere because you can't keep all 11 guys together on defense it's really hard you don't have enough salary cap so the bears realize they're kind of in this window and that's why i'm kind of surprised that they didn't make any moves at quarterback before the trade deadline i'm sure they had some feelers out there but a guy like nick Foles. Cam Newton, like there's guys out there that are proven quarterbacks that you would think the Bears would try to maybe bring in. Hey, even Ryan Fitzpatrick, bring in a guy that's sort of a proven winner that can at least give you a better opportunity than what they have going on right now because it seems like Mitch Trubisky just is not the answer and they're kind of wasting this great defense that they've put together. And here's one thing that happens, and it happened earlier on in my career when we had a really bad offense and we actually had a pretty good defense, is – Offensively, you keep putting your defense in bad positions and they're selling out and they're giving everything they got every single week, but they start wearing out because they're on the field so much. Yep. And defensively, when you're tackling guys, that wears on you. And like the wear and tear that that puts on your body as the season goes on, all of a sudden, as the wear and tear goes up, the effort starts going down a little bit on defense because they feel like they're, it's hopeless. No matter what they do on defense, no matter how many stops they get, unless they score they score from a turnover on defense, we're not going to be able to win the game. Right. And you start getting that, and then the effort and the uh, preparation start slipping, and then you don't have that great defense that you used to have. So figuring out that offense ASAP is crucial, or that defense is going to slip. And I think we've already seen it a little bit. That Bears defense, not quite the defense we saw from last year already. Yeah, no. I, I mean... <laughs> You said it all. What do you got next, John? With the Dolphins beating the Jets this week at the fish tank, am I tripping, or are the 0-8 Bengals now in pole position for the number one pick? I mean, it would be easier. I've been down there, Browns. Clearly, the tanking thing doesn't work, right? Like, we have all the assets now, and the Browns aren't winning. But for the Bengals, I think their <laughs> biggest the tank players. move was benching Andy Dalton. Now, I get it. Andy Dalton isn't a sexy pick to a lot of viewers and fans, and he's been to five playoff appearances, no wins. You know, but the reality is... He gives your team the best chance to win, in my estimation. So by doing so, by putting him on the bench, 
after a game where I think he threw for like 330 yards and a touchdown, no turnovers, right? So that was the performance that got him benched. Uh, meanwhile, the defense. On his birthday. On his Plus birthday. Savage. Meanwhile, the defense oh. tackles like a middle school team, mm-hmm. right? Cooper Cup went for like 700 yards receiving in a game in London. Um, the run game is non-existent, even though Joe Mixon is a top five running back in the league, one of the most talented players in the league, but there's zero run game in Cincinnati. But I get it. All right, you want to move on, and maybe you're putting yourself in position to get a top pick, but that is what does it. When you put your best option at quarterback on the bench. I failed to mention Andy Dalton would have been a great option in Chicago. Yeah. Can you imagine Andy Dalton with some of the weapons around him and that defense? That, I think that would have been a, a team that could have a lot of success. Why wouldn't they have done that? You've you've already benched Andy Dalton, and now you've already said that he's not our future anymore. Because once you bench your franchise quarterback like that, it's over. Like yep. you can't ever bring it back and say, "Oh, now we love you again." Like right. they're divorced. Yep. It's done. He's he has been fully separated. He's bought a new house. He's living with a new girlfriend already. It's over with him and the Bengals. So why wouldn't the Bengals try to? Trade him to the Bears. I bet you the Bears would give up a second round pick for him right now. It was probably too Easy. late when they did it, right? Because they probably weren't shopping. The thing, the Brown family that. But if they knew the this was on, if they knew this was on the horizon, they should have started shopping already before the trade deadline. You had to know that he was going to get benched. I don't. You know. don't just bench Andy Dalton like the the day you wake up and you bench him. Like you've been thinking about this. You've been talking to Mike Brown. You can't bench your franchise quarterback without talking to the owner for weeks. Yeah, I'm, so he I, must have been talking. They must have been talking with Mike Brown. I don't and think so, said, man. Hey, I'm telling you, the, week to do it. the Brown family See? that owns the Bengals, they are loyal sometimes to a fault, at least to their decisions and players or whatever. So once they decided he was a franchise quarterback, it was him. It would take some major convincing. I remember he didn't want to trade Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer wouldn't show up to work. He didn't. He said, "I'll retire before I will come back there," and they still did not want to trade him and it broke their heart to even do that and send him off to Oakland. So I can see where they finally convinced him to bench Andy Dalton. They're like, hey, we have to get this news out because there's three hours left in the trade deadline, right? Because there would be no other reason to even make that announcement on your bye week, on Andy Dalton's birthday, on the trade deadline day three hours before. So to me, it just seemed like a Hail Mary. Like they finally convinced the powers that be to make that decision to make it public so that they can see if there were any calls coming. It didn't happen because also they didn't trade A.J. Green, who's on the last year of his deal, right? And now you're either going to franchise him or hope that he signs the long-term agreement or we're going to let him go to the free agency. Like you might might as well have gotten something for him if there was an opportunity out there in the world. So Isn't that crazy that they didn't trade A.J. Green? Because there's no way on earth A.J. Green re-signs because the Bengals have never broken the bank for a free agent. Yeah, but they, they're – Even their own guys. I see, I, I see what you're saying with the loyalty thing, but they have never broken anybody off who's become a free agent. They always have tried to re-sign guys early, which is pretty smart because you can get a discount when you re-sign them early. Mm-hmm. And they've never broken the bank with their free agent. And so saying that, they would have to probably pay, I'm guessing, A.J. Green 10% above the next closest bidder to get him to re-sign to come back to play with who knows a quarterback for a team that stinks. I mean, as as a receiver, you got to tell me. But I don't know. I would think that where you go in free agency when you have an opportunity like an AJ Green, you want to go to somebody who's going to get you the football because you want to have your hundred catches. You because at some point AJ Green is thinking, yeah, Super Bowl. That's what I want to do. But I also want to go to the Hall of Fame, and I can't do that having Ryan Lindley throw me the football. I mean, look that you know as well as anybody else, right? I can make the same argument for Joe Thomas being traded to the Super Bowl winning Denver Broncos. But at some point in your career... Yeah, but it's different as an O-lineman. Nobody has to throw me the ball. I'm just showing up and I block the guy that's across from me. It's easy. Like, I do my job. Right, but you're the, you're the missing piece before a Super Bowl run. Like, if you want to win the Super Bowl, that's the move you want to make. But you are loyal to the Cleveland fan base. You are loyal to this organization. You've been here since the beginning. Your family is here. You view, view this as a second home. You have a home here. Your kids are in school here. That same thing could come into play for A.J. Green, where as much as he wants to win a Super Bowl, as much as he wants to win, as much as he wants playoff wins, he's been there from the very beginning, yeah. right? He's seen that. every I, penny of that big contract when he, made, he was made the highest paid receiver in football. So if they sign him to another four-year deal, if he signs another four-year deal, let's say in a random place, let's say the Chargers sign him to a four-year deal, he's making $17, $18 million a year. After two years, they'll cut him. Right, If they don't think he's living up to it, he's old, he'll be 33, they'll say we're done. In Cincinnati, if they sign him for a $15 million a year deal in the same scenario for four years, 
he's going to see all four of those years that he's going to make all $15 million and he's not going to have to leave his current home that he's in. His kids don't have to leave their school. His wife doesn't have to change her, her world, her game plan, her, her way of life. Her nail like, salon. At some point, the comfortability of it beca- outweighs <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Side. But no, this is a real question. I'm teeing this up to you. As a receiver, who the quarterback is that's throwing you the football has so much of an impact on how, how you play, mm-hmm. your performance, and then your status within the NFL. Yep. Like, I'm sure as Absolutely. a receiver, he wants to be the best receiver in the NFL because mm-hmm. he's got the talent, but right now he's not getting the catches. He's not getting the targets. He's not in an offense that's prolific, so he doesn't have an opportunity to be in that conversation. Like, wouldn't you think that would have a much more significant impact on his decision-making than all those other things you mentioned? Because as like an offensive lineman, for instance, being on a, a bad team, like it was much easier for me to say the loyalty thing is really important and I love Cleveland and I love all those things that you mentioned. That's why I want to stay here and be part of the, the rebuild. But as a receipt, like nobody was throwing me the football. So right. you could have been I great could still no line up. What. I can still line up and have greatness against whoever's blocking or whoever I'm blocking. Right. But for him, he's just going to be running up and down the field. It's going to be a track meet and he'll never get the football. Yeah, no, I agree. And I've, I've lived through that obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. And your it, Patriots it, career for once. Yeah, my Patriots career. Devastating. I'm like, I'm like, who is this Yehu? Who is this guy rocking 12? And why can't he hit me on an out route to save his damn life? They, they didn't. They didn't even throw you the ball on Saturdays because uh, they didn't have OTAs in uh, on Saturdays. Right. We're in full pads in the spring. And I'm like, what's up with this quarterback? <laughs> All right. <laughs> run for, pass option. Run pass option. Run it or pass it. Run it. Run, run, run pass option. All right, run pass option. We tee up the topics and we decide whether we run with it and talk about it or we pass on it because ultimately we don't feel like it. Producer John, what we got first? Matrick Mahomes. Oh, goodness gracious. John with these nicknames. <laughs> Kid Cuzzy was cool. I am hard pass on Matrick Mahomes. Greg Rosenthal tried to steal your kid Cuzzy. I'm just saying. He I was kn- trying to act like he made that up. <laughs> I, I gave it to him. I said, you can have it because it wasn't even mine, right? I stole it from John. So I gave him the the the, the 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 freedom to take it as his own. It still didn't catch on, John. And Matrick Morehomes will follow. Hey, it's all love. We'll just keep taking shots. All here. right. Matrick Morehomes, an MVP form against Vikings. Hawk, runner to pass it. Ooh, I am going to pass it. Because nothing was sexy about that game hmm. except Tyreek Hill. Switch, run pass option. I'm pulling now. Now I'm going <laughs> to run with it. All right. Tyreek Hill, he is a top five receiver in the NFL, maybe even top three because he is the most explosive player in the league. You never even started my timer, Chris, so I got extra time here. Oh, you did. Oh, damn it. I just wasted it by talking about it. All right. <laughs> he makes this play where he runs a corner route, he tracks the ball. He accelerates because it's a little overthrown. He dives for it, lands on his feet, keeps his feet, and then dives in the end zone. It was the most athletic play I've seen all week. And the dude is 5'8", and he gives other short guys like me hope that one day I, too, could play in the NFL. Um, yeah, that's what that was my takeaway for the Chiefs game. Chiefs win. Kid Cuzzy didn't. Joe, runner to pass it. Uh, I will run it. And what I'm going to say is Kirk Cousins was on an epic winning streak. I think he had like four games in a row, 300 yards. He was amazing. We were talking about him for MVP after watching him on Thursday Night Football. We had him on the desk with Stephon Diggs. We were talking to him and about how great he is. And all of a sudden, he's righted all the wrongs. And then he comes out against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Not the best defense in the NFL. Not a great defense by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 21 carries, 71 yards. So the run game wasn't there like it usually is. And Kid Cuzzy, kind of looking like the old man from Washington. (laughs) I'm not believing him anymore. He's not my MVP. He's no longer your MVP. And you're dead as well. (laughs) Seahawks battle back against Bucks in OT Thriller. Joe, runner to pass it. Uh, I'm going to pass that, but I, I feel like the Seahawks should not have been that close with the Bucks. That's uh, a little telling. Seahawks continue to be the team that finds a way to win, but never impresses you. So was that a run or a pass? That seemed like a run, but I'm going to pass <laughs> it because the 
yeah, it, ultimately, it was just a longer version of what we expected to happen, which is Seahawks beat the Buccaneers. Fair enough. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details. This episode is brought to you by Babbel. Thinking about learning a new language? Babbel, the number one selling language learning app, is here to help. Whether you want to learn French for future travel plans or Spanish to land a new job, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. Their quick, interactive lessons are built by real language experts and voiced by real native speakers. And they get you speaking about real-life topics right away. And because Babbel is available on the web and as an app, you can complete these lessons wherever you are, so you can learn at your own pace. All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Now for a limited time, Spotify listeners can get up to 65% off their subscription by visiting babbel.com slash Spotify. Panthers punish Titans in Party Down South. Hawk, rudder to pass it. I am going to pass it. No explanation. Joe, what do you got? I'm going to run it. So Marcus Mariota got benched a few weeks ago in Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill comes in, plays great. Everyone starts talking, oh, Ryan Tannehill, he could be the future. He's, he's the franchise quarterback they've been waiting for. No, 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 no. Retread quarterbacks, retread first-round quarterbacks never work for a second time in the NFL. They're not going to just all of a sudden become good decision makers and consistently make great throws down the field. It doesn't happen. And so for Tennessee to think Ryan Tannehill was anything but a short-term answer, that was silly, and this was his reversion to the mean game. Which is a contradictory to everything we've said in this podcast about uh, Andy Dalton, Brian Hoyer, and who else did we say? Someone else should give it to I said first round. Uh, okay, okay. okay. First of all, you're right. You're right. Andy Dalton is still a good quarterback. He's just getting blamed for right. what's happening in Cincinnati. That has really, it's not been his fault. Nope. He's just the fall man. I agree. Jags get London broiled by red hot Texans. Joe, <laughs> run it or pass it. I'm going to run it. And I'm going to say right now, not only is Deshaun Watson, Michael Jordan, mm. but he might be Michael Jordan 2.0. Because there is nobody right now playing as well as he is in the NFL. And I just love watching this guy because he is so special. And it reminds me of when he was at Clemson, when he just lifted the skill set of all the players around him. He was that guy that everybody dreams of that you look to him and you just know that when you need a play, he's going to get it to you. He continues to do it over and over again, and he might be the new leader in the clubhouse for the NFL MVP. One more thing, John Filippo getting in trouble again for forgetting how to run the football in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to run it as well. Yes, Deshaun Watson is is balling. He's the lead MVP candidate. Even the numbers he had from today don't do justice to the performance he put on because... Yeah, because it's 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 about more than just what he does <laughs> what the passing fuck, the Joe? football, dude. You can't just start... You, 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 were, you were rebuttaling me. You are running in the middle of my play? This is ridiculous. You were rebuttaling me. But it, it is crazy. Like You see his numbers and you put it up against other players at the quarterback position and you're like, oh, he had a pretty good game. But then when you watch what he does and like how at, at a moment's notice and critical moments... He finds a way, almost like a Russell Wilson. He reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson. That's that's what I'd say. His greatest comparison right now is he's the next Russell Wilson. Oh, it sounds like my beeper is going to go off. I better I better relinquish the rest of the time to Hawk. You are the worst. Isn't that one of the part Thank of the, the drinking rules too? That if if Joe messes up run pass option, someone drinks. Yes. I don't think, I, yeah, there's a new. What rule was that? A fumble it. recovery? I don't get what happened. Did I yeah. throw a pick or you something? You fumbled. I think you, you just pulled the Lawrence was, guy where you went to toss I just, it. I just t- t- soft tossed it to Joe at the D lineman. <laughs> you, you you tried to stick it in the running back's belly, and he thought you were pulling it, and you tried to give it to him, and the ball fumbled, and I picked it up, and I threw it. I don't even know what my. I point completed was. it though. <laughs> oh, that was that might have been my favorite thing that's John happened. John Filippo, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know it, it. It is what it is. Actually, I think Flip has actually done a decent job this year. They, they didn't run the wet ball well today. Minshew didn't play great. Had a bunch of turnovers, um, which 
rolled the red carpet out for Nick Foles to take right back over. Even after the whole Minchie Mania thing, we sold a bunch of mustaches and T-shirts. Thank you for your service. Get a clipboard. Right? But I think Filippo has actually done a really good job this year under the circumstances. We will really see what this offense is made of once they put Nick Foles at the helm because that was supposed to be the big fix in Jacksonville. So I can say, yeah, Flip's done a good job with Minshew. He's throwing the ball well. But the biggest knock against Flip, why he got fired in Minnesota, is he doesn't know how to correctly balance running the football effectively and throwing the football. Like He's got a really good background in passing, but not much of a background in running. And so when anything gets tough and his back's against the wall, he just throws the ball all over the field, and then they end up with like 10 carries for their running back for a team that's trying to be built with hard, tough nose, run-the-ball football, which is what Doug Marone wants to be with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's not getting it. And it was kind of the same thing with Mike Zimmer in uh, Minnesota. Zim just wants a guy that's going to run the football and not turn it over, and they can win with tough defense, and then Flip just throws the ball all over the field. So until he figures out like – what is the appropriate balance between running and passing and where does the play action fit? He's going to struggle, I think, as an offensive coordinator. If I'm not mistaken, I think Leonard Fournette is like yeah, he's third in the league in rushing. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm, but I'm saying what happened today. Look up the stats from today. Well, they went down. They went down big and they were trying to like surge back. Yeah, but you know why Kyle Shanahan's a great offensive coordinator? Because we're down 28 to three against Pittsburgh. And now what are they thinking? Well, we'll give you all this underneath stuff. No, what do we do? We run it. We remain unpredictable. Now all of a sudden you're gashing him in the run game. Now they have to come up a little bit closer. Now you can take shots. Now you're scoring all over the place. But if you just become one-dimensional, I don't care what the score is, it's impossible to come back. They got blown out. Yeah, they got down early, but playing the let's pass it all over the field game didn't get him back in the game. Or he was like, hey, I have to give Minshew enough rope so that he can yank himself out of the, the starting lineup with his performance. <laughs> so just keep throwing it, and eventually he'll throw three picks, and we can get Nick Foles back in here next week or after the bye whenever he's healthy. All right, what we got next? Well, you know who stays committed to the run game? Joe Thomas. Joe definitely is committed. Because he ran his three, he ran your he one. He ran my three, he ran his three. <laughs> you ready for your last one, Hawk? Yeah, let's do it, man. Raiders improved to 4-4 four and four in hard-fought home win over Lions. You're going to run it or pass it? I am going to pass it. Could care less about the Raiders. Just Char- kidding. Love you, Raiders wow. fans. Wow. Chargers, discount Packers, double check the win column. Run it or pass it. <sighs> Alarming because they got their butts whipped by LA Chargers, but not enough for me to run it. What do we got next? Buffalo rumbles to six and two against rookie Haskins. Run it or pass it. I'm gonna run this one. I'm gonna run this one. Dwayne Haskins did not look great. I don't know if it was a game plan situation. I don't know if it's he's actually not ready like the reports we've heard. The thing that strikes me about Dwayne Haskins is he is not a mobile guy. He is not a dual threat. I don't care what Stephen A. Smith tries to tell you. This is not a running quarterback. He is. He had trouble evading the sacks that came. So they need to build an offense where he sits in the pocket and is able to pick it apart. Either you have to get him to that process, build around him. The offensive line didn't play great today. Adrian Peterson rushed for like 100-plus yards in the first half, which is wild. Um, but Dwayne Haskins ultimately has a lot of ways to go. Joe, you want my last five seconds? Yeah, Dwayne Haskins needs to take a page from the Matt Schaub book of when you're down by a shitload of points and you get to throw the football. Matt Schaub had 500 yards passing last weekend because <laughs> they were down by like 30 at halftime. Haskins throws for 144 and they were down the entire game. That says a lot about what the Washington Redskins have been trying to tell us since <laughs> yeah. they picked this guy. He is not ready. Yep. He is way too raw. We cannot put him out there or we're going to get 144 yards in a, a game that the defense was playing the prevent the whole time. I could throw for 144 yards against the prevent defense. To, I'd check it down to Hawk the whole time. To his credit. Tunnel screen to Hawk. Tom Brady also threw for 140 yards versus the same defense. So basically, Dwayne Haskins is Tom Brady. All right, before we get out of here, it is time to decide our Tomahawk catchphrase of the week. Are we deciding it or are we voting it? Oh, this is the moment we've all been waiting I seen a tweet that we sent out by Post Malone, Saul Malone, who was our social media manager. Post Malone sent a tweet out asking for catchphrases. At the time that I looked at it, I think it had like 90 responses. (laughs) Of different catchphrases. This is clearly everybody's favorite. Everybody, part of our show. we are just bit players in the game of tomahawk 
podcast. First, can we get a recap of last week's uh, catchphrase, which was, I think, Papa don't play that. And me and Joe used it masterfully. Joe was way better than me, though. But just just play. So that's the thing. We're going to start voting on who did it better. You know, like in Us Weekly. Yep. You know, the smut magazines that uh, we all (laughs) used to read. Let's be honest. Yeah, we were all in those. We we loved Us Weekly back in the day when in the the day of the hills. Remember uh, Lauren Conrad and all those gals (laughs) on the hills. I never took you for a hills guy. All right. Yeah, I was a hills guy in, uh, in college. That's that's what all the girls wanted to <laughs> yeah, watch. All the Hills. guys were Hills so, guys in college. Yeah, uh, but anyways, we digress. They have who wore it better, so we needed to who said it better on our our social media page. That was a big one. All right, Chris, play it. But they're <laughs> taken off against an incredible defense right. that Robert Salah has, firing on all cylinders, and we know Papa don't play that. So I got the 49ers getting the easy Papa W. Papa don't play. Here. <laughs> <laughs> if you can see, we're gonna. We got to get oh, Post Malone to just repurpose just the reaction from my co-host, Cynthia Freeland, when I said it, because she was sitting there like, what the hell are you talking about? Because she has no idea about the catchphrase <laughs> game until that moment like, where I had to explain it. Otherwise, she was going to uh, request to be changed on a different show. But yeah, that was- She uh, called HR after that. She's like, I got this guy I'm working with. He's calling himself Papa on TV now. The funniest, part, the funniest part is that Greg Rosenthal was also on that, and he was there when we picked the Papa Don't Play That Phrase. And he just in stride was like, yeah, no, he's right. He doesn't play that. And it was just, <laughs> <laughs> which made it that much more funny. All right, let's hear Joe's. Papa don't play that mini me. Uh, you see, the Carolina Panthers rely way too much on Christian McCaffrey. Papa don't play that mini me. <laughs> you know, my favorite part about that is if you have, if you didn't see the video clip and had no context, that probably sounds like the weirdest shit you've ever heard in your life. Oh, for everybody at home who didn't see the great Thursday night game in Arizona, we were dressed as Halloween characters, and myself and Andrew Siciliano, Andrew's lovely co-host over there at NFL Network, yep, yep. were dressed as Dr. Evil and Mini-Me from Austin Powers. And so they had Andrew Siciliano come out and pretend he was smashing a pumpkin with like a little mini hammer, and I had to make <laughs> sure to direct him to the right team that we thought we were going to smash their playoff hopes. Yep. And so I thought my Dr. Evil impression was pretty good. That might have been your best. Yeah. That Academy might have been the Award. best use of the catchphrase game. Thus far, this season. That was pretty good. So in 11-14, the Browns played the Steelers on Thursday Night Football in Cleveland a day after our live show, 11-13 House of mm-hmm. Blues. Doors open at 6 p.m. Go get your tickets now. Ticketmaster. So me and Joe will actually probably do some NFL Network stuff that day. So my thought process off the top of my head is that at the live show, 11-13, we will pick the catchphrase game that night with our audience for me and Joe to use the following day if indeed oh. we are part of the same broadcast, which will obviously make everybody's day am i right i mean when you have the two biggest talents from the nfl network in the same city come on you obviously put them on tv come on it's just what happens it's called a layup joe that's what we call that roger goodell he would pull up his bat phone immediately if that didn't happen and call right to the studio make sure heads were rolling if we weren't put on together would because we know how much roger loves us roger does love us he does um, all right, so, what so are, give, what us, are, give us a few. What are our options? Give us some options. So we have 10 here. It'd be fun if, like, last week we could pick a few and then we'll put up a poll and let the audience decide. Okay. I, we'll, have, we'll let you guys decide. So you fouled down the 100 plus. requests, 100-plus yeah. requests, down to 10. That's a lot. Did you read through all of them? We did as a team. It was a team effort. Team That's Tomahawk amazing. was on it. Over 100 requests for the catchphrase of the week. This is my favorite thing I've ever done in my <laughs> life. Do you understand that? Like, it's not in, not in broadcasting, not in football. In my life, this is number one. They're really it's impressive, too. The Tomahawk is super creative. All right. What do you got? What are the, what are the 10 that you fouled it down we'll, to? We'll count them down from 10 like um, David Letterman style. Okay. Num- number 10, can't put a round peg in a square hole. Number nine, Christmas Man. comes early this year. Number yeah. eight, boom goes the dynamite. Number seven, swinging a hammer does nothing if you miss the nail. Ah, uh, we're getting warmer. <laughs> okay, I like that. Was not bad. Number six, invite him over for Thanksgiving dinner. That's a resubmission. <laughs> Number five, like fitting a sumo wrestler through a doggy door. <laughs> I like that one. Number four, I'm no pickle scientist, but I think it's safe to say they are in a pickle. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> number three, you can take that to the piggy bank. Number two, a broke clock is right twice a day. And number one, all talk, no trousers. Guys, your initial okay. reactions to our 10 finalists. I think there's like three in there I liked. 
Yeah, I would say four. Th- I, I I would actually argue that I think the the pickle scientist one is my favorite, but it should say I'm no cucumber scientist, <laughs> but I think it's safe to say they are in a pickle. <laughs> yeah, because that would be better. funnier. <laughs> yes, in my opinion. Yes, they can't all be top notch comedy writers like yourself, Joe. I mean, they're just the tomahawk. <laughs> all right, and we appreciate their submissions. All right, so that's on. We're definitely voting on that one. I'm no cucumber scientist, but it seems they're in a pickle. Wow. <laughs> but I think it's safe to say they're in a pickle. It's safe to say they're in a pickle. <laughs> All right. What were the other ones? Uh, we also tried to pick ones that wouldn't get you guys fired, but it seems yeah, like. Yeah, these guys- are like pretty run of the mill. Like, I don't. I actually like the ones that get us fired because it it's funnier because we sound more ridiculous. If we say this, we just sound cheesy. Yeah, if we I just say, sound like bad. Uh, this I might get us fired. Big faster square hole because- they'd be like. Oh, more cliches from right. these losers. <laughs> yeah, we could have we could have signed anybody to say that dumb stuff. Well, in that case, we can dip into the Mike get hawk fired bucket. A one legged <laughs> duck swims in circles. Um, <laughs> you can't make tea with a broken kettle. I like that one. Light shines on a dog's ass once in a while. Yeah, that might be a little too much. A little too much. Here's one that I like. You can't find that in a bag of M and M's. Hmm. Oh, little M and M's hat bag. Too. Not not on a bar of M and M's. Yep. You can't find that in a bar of M and M's. They'll just drug test you if you say that shit at work. M and M's. At first, it was Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew was getting a lot of free love. M and M's now. Uh, I'm sure their sales have skyrocketed. Uh, bars, on behalf I checked of their Hawk stock. Show. They're up ten percent. Yeah, like for sure. We got to get in touch with them. Like, oh. hey, don't know if you know this, but Hawk is really helping M and M's get into the candy bar game. All right, so what are we going to do? What are, what are, what are the uh, the ones we're putting off for vote? I'm no cucumber scientist. All right, I, I would say, let, 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 let's, uh, yeah. I'm no cucumber scientist. Uh, the sumo wrestler one, swinging a hammer does nothing if you miss the nail. All talk and no trousers. I think those are. I don't even get that. All ones. talk, no trousers? That's doesn't make any sense. Uh, all right, I love it. <laughs> all right, we'll get that one up. Honestly, we know the cucumber is going to win, right? We know th- I'm no cucumber scientist, but... They sure are in a pickle. Like <laughs> I like the the sumo wrestler through a doggy door though. That's funny. And the there, what was the other one that was good of the uh, might get hawk fired? Um, a one legged duck swims in swims circles. In circles. Swims in circles. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know what right. the point of it. So here's the three we're voting on. Put it. How many choices do we get on a Twitter? Do poll? Ducks swim with their feet. I'm so confused. Me either. All right, a one legged duck swims in circles. Yes. Put that on there. Pete is definitely going to be excited about that one. Um, the next one is I'm no cucumber scientist, mm-hmm. but I think it's safe to say they're in a pickle. Brilliant. Um, the other one is all talk, no trousers. Was that number three? And we'll give the fourth, like fitting a sumo wrestler through a doggy door. We'll give four options on Twitter and let the people vote. My gut tells me sumo wrestler or cucumber are going to win. Because that is, seems very we'll much see. in line with the time of flop. We'll see. All right, I'm excited about it. Not excited about getting fired, but excited about <laughs> saying weird stuff on we'll television. We'll be doing the Tomahawk show eight days a week now. <laughs> Twice we'll on Sundays. Three episodes a day because it's our only full-time <laughs> job, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the it's dinner it's edition of the Tomahawk friends. show. I just had meatloaf. How about you? All right, so that does it for this episode of the Tomahawk show. Joe. What do you got for final thoughts besides you living in a farm that looks like the house yeah. that the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air moved into? With <laughs> My final thoughts are I'm really starting to wonder what you think about and what you thought the farm looked like when I said uh. I was going to the farm. Did you think <laughs> I was sleeping with baby Jesus out in the manger and like um, amongst the straw and the animals? Like you realize that people that live on a farm have houses too, right? I know that's probably a long way removed from LA and Hollywood and the uh, star-studded life that you live. So but much square people footage. that farm have houses as well that have roofs, as you can see, and walls. Yeah, I get it. I don't know what I'm. I did imagine. Hey, when you say farm, I do think there's a space in the place that has a hay. Well, hey, man. The invite is out for you and Keisha and the kids to come out and we can give you a day in the farm. I think they would yeah. love it. They would have a blast. Austin, we already know Austin gets along with my kids. Yes. So it'll just it'll be just the problem is if you can get along with my family, which is very dicey <laughs> right now at this point. <laughs> well, look, I mean, they would love to come to the farm since it's seven times the size of their regular home. So <laughs> all we have to do is buy the flight. You're gonna be mad we don't leave for two weeks straight, but whatever. I'm down for it. <laughs> all right, we'll be back on Wednesday. 
Uh, I don't know who our interview is because Wednesdays are for the players. And luckily, as long as me and Joe are here, we fulfill that quota because we are both players. That does it for today. Joe, you get the honors. Take us out. Joe, hawk yourself. Guys, I did not watch the second half of the Browns game tonight. Instead, my wife and I went out on a wonderful date and we had a beer together. And I did not look at my phone or the TV even once. And it was incredible. In fact, I recommend this strategy to my fellow Browns fans for all future games. Skip the game. Go on a date. Go on a hike. Get an early start on Christmas shopping. Heck, even get a root canal because anything is more enjoyable than bearing this pain week after week. Also, on an unrelated note, we just moved and I found out that we have Steelers fans that live above us and below us, so I think we might have to move again. But even moving a second time would be more enjoyable than watching the Browns.